welcome to the Atomic Kingdom Podcast. My name is Dave. Joining me tonight is uh, my, my permanent co-host, Matt. Hello. Uh, Matt. Ready. Oh, you're cutting in and out there. Am I? Uh, yeah. That can't be good. Yeah, not a good way to start tonight. But that's all right. We'll fly through it. Uh, so Matt's here. And uh, it's a big week, busy week. Tonight, I'm going to see 10 Cloverfield Lane. A week from tonight, Daredevil premieres on Netflix, season two. Yep, We're definitely all, ready. Yeah, ready. The new trailer uh, this week was awesome, showing you them getting kind of suited up. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Electra, Punisher, and then Daredevil. Just, I, just, I just can't wait. It's going to be good. Uh, I know. And for those of you that may not know much about Daredevil, Electra, or Punisher, uh, Tuesday next week, but to get you ready for season two, we're going to release Atomic Kingdom University, Daredevil, Electra, Punisher 101. So that'll, that'll yep. get you prepped. Matt and I will we'll talk to you all about Daredevil, Punisher, and Electra, And uh, we'll look back at season one of Daredevil on Netflix. Um, yep. But to, Oh, and then a week after that is Batman v Superman. I don't know if you guys knew that. Oh, yeah. No, no one knows that's coming. <laughs> so uh, we got a special episode of the show planned for that as well. Post-movie. We're not going to do one pre-movie. We're just going to talk. You got what? What do we need to talk about? Everybody knows Superman and Batman, right? I mean, we could tell you about the characters that are on the side that are going to be in it and speculation, but everybody's been speculating for two years now. So we'll just talk to you after we see this monster of a movie. Yep. Uh, but uh, tonight, tonight, Matt and I got to talk to the creator of the animated series Gargoyles. Hmm. He also created or co-produced. Right? He's a producer slash writer slash almost showrunner, uh, essentially, of Spectacular Spider-Man. Yep. Uh, he wrote the script for a DC Showcase animated short called Green Arrow that was attached to Superman Batman Apocalypse. Yep. He worked on Star Wars Rebels, the animated series, for the first season. And he had a lot to do with Young Justice. Yes. Which season two is now available on Netflix. Go binge it now. Binge all of it. Over yep. and over. Repeatedly. Just put Enjoy it, on it. Just keep doing it. Put it on a loop. Uh, and he'll explain why you want to do that in the in the interview here coming up. He also has two books out right now. It's a book series. Uh, Reign of the Ghosts and Spirits of Ash and Foam. Those are out mm-hmm. now, so you should go get those. Or you could go buy the full cast audio play. Of, oh, that thing sounded so awesome. <laughs> yeah, of Reign of the Ghosts. So that's going to be probably my, my drive to work listen uh, that after this weekend. Mm-hmm. I'll get caught up on that. Uh, he also has a new comic book from Marvel. He's doing two comic books, actually. Star Wars, Kanan, The Last Padawan, or The Last Jedi. I wanted to. I can't remember the name of it, but I, I own all of them. I don't know. <laughs> and I just know it's Kanan. It's the, the, mm-hmm. the backstory for Kanan from Star Wars Rebels, and I'm loving that. And he also has a new uh, ongoing series called Starbrand and Nightmask for Marvel. They're on issue three right now is available. One, two, and three. You can go buy those. And four is coming out next month, I believe he says. But we don't need to tell you this. He's going to tell you this. Here's our interview. Greg Weissman, take it away. Joining us today on the podcast is a man. Well, basically, if you've ever watched a cartoon, there's a safe bet he has been involved in it some way. Uh, he has written for Spider-Man, Man in Black, Starship Troopers, Kim Possible, Batman, Ben 10, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Young Justice, and Star Wars. Uh, those are just his TV writing credits. There's a lot more to talk about. Uh, joining us today, we're very pleased to, to welcome Greg Reisman. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Good, good. Uh, we're awesome. We're glad we can make this happen finally. Uh, we're huge fans of your work. Uh, yeah. I, I I can't think of anything I've watched that maybe you haven't been a part of that I haven't loved. Um, that just I gravitated towards in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. Definitely. <laughs> uh, one thing we like to do with our guests before we get rolling into too much is we ask them for their their their, their geek cred. Uh, what do you what do you geek out about? Like, what are you real excited to get into? Like, be it books or movies or you know that kind of stuff. Uh, well, you know, I'm a big Shakespeare geek, so that always gets me pretty psyched. <laughs> um, and 
but you know, I grew up with superheroes, so you know, anything DC or Marvel superheroes is um, usually piques my interest. Usually, not always, but usually. Um, <laughs> so you can and, be uh, you, you can be an advocate like Matt and I that you can like both Marvel and DC without hating one or the other. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. To me, you know, when I was a kid, um, you know, way back in the dark ages. Um, <laughs> I, you know, initially I didn't even get that there were two different companies. You know, I mean, when I was little, you know, I would pick up a book and there was Batman fighting beside Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. And I'd pick up another book and there was Captain America fighting beside Spider-Man. I had no reason to think that the next month I might not see Batman and Captain America together. You know, it, it didn't occur, you know, if I didn't see that, it was just because of they haven't done that one yet. You know, that kind of thing. It didn't occur to me that there were two different arenas or, or universes, let alone the concept of companies that would prevent you from doing these characters together. Sure. You know? right. And then, you know, you get a little older and you figure it out. Um, but, uh, you know, then you, when I was, uh, you know, a, a young teenager, my early teens, it came out with Superman, uh, with Superman, Spider-Man, you know, big, uh, giant size edition, and so yeah. all these possibilities start to open up again. And so, you know, in my fantasy, I would take over both companies and merge them. <laughs> and like, like um, the amalgam issues. Well, not really that. Uh, well, no, not combining them, but I, yeah, I still wanted to actually do Superman, Spider-Man, and Thor, and you know, not some new hero that was a combo of that. Yeah. You know, have my fun, um, but uh, but you know, I geek out about all that stuff. I'm still a huge Star Wars geek. I'm still a huge Spider-Man geek, and you know, all the DC heroes from Young Justice, and and you know, my gargoyles. <laughs> but you know, I like a lot of myths and everything. So, Be, being a big geek on on Shakespeare, does that influence your writing as far as any of the things that you've done, like especially gargoyles? I would assume. Yeah, I mean, there was tons of Shakespeare and Gargoyles, obviously, and, um, uh, you know, it got to the point on that show where the writers would start to put Shakespeare in it just to pander to me, because they'd be like, oh, Greg, <laughs> this will get by Greg, because he's a sucker for this stuff, and mm-hmm. I, like, 100% knew that's what they were doing, oh. but I didn't care. I didn't <laughs> it worked. Yeah. Um and uh, so, you know, uh, there's tons of Shakespeare in Carlos Macbeth and mm-hmm. Oberon and Titania and the Weird Sisters and, the, and you know, Falstaff and all sorts of stuff. And then, uh, you know, we did a whole Shakespeare arc in Spectacular Spider-Man. And, oh, yeah. and in little ways, I try to put it into pretty much everything I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I've written a couple novels, uh, Reign of the Ghosts and Spirits of Ash and Foam, and it's and it's the, the first two books in what I hope to be a nine-book series, mm-hmm. and uh, they're both out, so, you know, your listeners can go get them. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be picking them up. They look good, so. Um, and, you know, there's a slow burn Shakespeare subplot going on in that, too, so. Nice. Um, yeah, we'll put we'll put links to that in uh, in our show notes for sure to get them on like Amazon or maybe from do you have a website or just Amazon to it? Uh, to buy the books, the best you know the easiest thing is probably Amazon. I mean, if you go to any bookstore and if they're not literally on the shelf the day you happen to walk in, you can go to the front desk and order them there too. Sure, um, they're in print, you know, so you can get them. But uh, yeah, good. Um, but you know, it's easy enough to get them either as a book or an ebook from Amazon, and then. Reign of the Ghost, we actually did a full-length, full-cast, 20 actors playing 30 roles, um, audio play, full musical score, unabridged version of Reign of the Ghost. That's available now. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it was a phenomenal cast. I mean, Ed Asner, Brent Spiner, Marina Sirtis. Oh, uh, my goodness. um, Gargoyles actors like Jeff Bennett. Yep. Tommy Adcock, um, actors from Spectacular Spider-Man, Josh Keaton played Spider-Man, um, 
actors from uh, Young Justice, uh, Brighton James, who played Static, and Eric Lopez, who played Blue Beetle, actors from Star Wars Rebels, uh, Steve Bloom, who played Mrs. Zab, and some Marshall plays Hera. Um, they're all in this. Wow. <laughs> and many more. Um, <laughs> and that's available now for download mm-hmm. at gumroad, G-U-M-R-O-A-D.com. Yep slash Reign of the Ghosts. And Reign of the Ghosts, it's Reign, R-A-I-N, mm-hmm. of the Ghosts, plural. Gumroad.com slash Reign of the Ghosts. You can get it right now. We're hoping it'll be available in other places too very soon. Mm-hmm. But right now, you, can, you don't have to wait. You can get it down. It's probably cheaper now than it will be later. Oh, I'm so getting that, like, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll tweet really, that out. I, sure. I mean, I know I'm biased, yeah, I know I'm biased, but it, but you know there were so many talented people involved. Uh, Dynamic music partners who scored Young Justice, Spectacular Spider-Man, um, Batman the Animated Series, Avengers. Uh, you know, did almost four hours of original musical score for this. There's sound effects. It's and all these great actors. It's really like a four-hour animated movie in your head with everything but the pictures. Your imagination provides the pictures, but the sound effects, everything, it, it really is got this great mood and this great feel. And um, and I feel um, comfortable bragging on it like this because so much of it was the work of so many other great people that um, I'm incredibly proud of it, but not just in my contribution, but all these other amazing talents. That's great more pleased with it. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's very cool. I can't wait to check it out too. Um, yeah, that hit all my, all my, uh, points that made me go, <laughs> this is fantastic. Um, so uh, I was going to, well, I want to go ahead and talk about, I know Dave is, wants to talk a lot about young justice, but I want to talk a little bit about spectacular Spider-Man because, um, I've been, uh, Spider-Man is one of my two favorite superheroes in the world. And there have obviously been a lot of Spider-Man animated series. And, um, I just think spectacular Spider-Man is the best. And I miss that show all the time. I'm so sad it got canceled. <laughs> and, um, I was just wondering how you came to be involved in spectacular Spider-Man because you were uh, a producer on it, right? Or, or were you involved in, in another capacity? So I was the supervising uh, producer, story editor, mm-hmm. uh, one of the writers, and one of the voice actors on it. Okay. Um, so, uh, let's see, I think we're talking um, February 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it 2007? Uh, I may literally be off by an entire year, but it's somewhere in that. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, I heard uh, from a buddy of mine, Vic Cook, mm-hmm. that um, they, you know, they'd done a, a season or so of uh, Spider-Man. Tony had done a season or so of Spider-Man for MTV. And yeah. it had gotten uh, uh, canceled. And um, I had actually written an outline for that. And then they switched story editors and new story editors throughout my thing and went with new writers, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I sort of worked on it really briefly, but then not at all. Um, uh, but I heard from Vic that they were starting up a new Spider-Man series once the MTV show um, mm-hmm. was gone. And so, you know, I had my agent call and they met with me and this was like February of whatever year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can't remember what year, but I remember it was February. Um, <laughs> and uh, had, you know, couple of really great meetings and I thought, hey, I might actually get this. And it felt like it had come down to one or two people and and I, you know, I might not get it, but I might and then time passed you didn't hear anything, which is pretty yeah. typical for the business. You know, they called you if you were the guy who got it, but they very rarely call to say, sorry, we went with someone else. You know right. they just they don't want to make that uncomfortable call, so they sort of leave it for uh, you to figure it out. Yeah. So, you know, now it's December of that year. Um, it must have been 
2007, I'm thinking. I'm guessing 2007, because um, it looks like that series was 2008, so. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm at a Christmas party at, at a friend's house. Um who's also in business, and I run into a, a, a mutual friend, and he congratulates me for getting a Spider-Man. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you, that's not it. I didn't get it. You know, I said I interviewed for it, but that was way back in February. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, after about 11 months, you kind of figure you didn't get the gig, you know? Um, right. So he's like, yeah, I heard you got the gig. And I'm like, no. And he's like, no, no, you did. You got it. Congratulations. And, you know, and this is a kind of an industry party. So my agent is there. Mm-hmm. Comes to be at the party. And, you know, it's a Saturday night Christmas party. And uh, so I go to my agent. I'm like, uh, you know, this guy over here says that I got the Spider Man gig. Have you heard anything? <laughs> he's like, no, I thought that went to the other guy. You know, and mm-hmm. he's like, I can check, but I can't check till Monday. <laughs> so. He's like, I think, and he says to me, my agent says to me, look, you know, that was, when was that? I'm like, it was back in February. He's like, yeah, this is crazy. (laughs) He just must be confusing you with somebody else. So I sort of forgot about it. And then Monday, I get a call from uh, Marvel. They want to meet with me. Mm -hmm. And then... Tuesday. And then, so we set a meeting for Wednesday. I'm thinking, and I call my agent. He's like, no one's approached me yet. I can call and check, but it sounds like wheels are in motion. Maybe I should hold back. I'm like, I don't know. So I said, the meeting's set for Wednesday. He's like, why don't you just take the meeting, find out what you find out. If they call me between now and then, fine. If not, I'll call them after your meeting. This is, you know, Big time strategy, right? <laughs> so, um, so the meeting set for Wednesday. On Tuesday, I get a call from Sony, and they're like, "We want to meet with you." And they're like, "Marvel may call you." And I'm like, "Well, actually, they called me yesterday. They set a meeting for Wednesday." Oh, well, we want to meet with you before you meet with Marvel. <laughs> like, okay, this is kind of weird. And they're like, "Can you come today? Can you come right now?" <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking and you know I'm kind of a schlub um, and in particular when I'm not having meetings you know I may not shave and I may not uh, I may be wearing a t-shirt and a ratty old sweatshirt or whatever mm-hmm. you know kind of thing Sure. Um, because most of the time I'm just sitting in an office typing right no one right. else is there and so who cares, right? Yeah. But, you know, when I'm going to a meeting, I don't dress up in a tuxedo, but I like to at least look presentable. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm like, you know, so when they're asking me to come right now, I was in one of my, you know, looking like crap days. Yeah. You know, and so I'm really reluctant. And I'm like, no, really, you got to come today. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, I drive out there and we have this meeting and it seems to go really well. And, and and so finally, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just really confused. Have you guys offered me this job? <laughs> and they're like, well, you can't do that because you've had a meeting with Marvel. But uh, if they sign off, yeah, we're, we're good. I'm like, wow, great. So the next day, we had a meeting with Marvel and Sony together. And I just talked about my view of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. which is the same thing I said back in February. Mm-hmm. Nothing had changed. And the kind of things I wanted to do and would like to do with it, which was really take it back to what had hooked me about Spider-Man, which was this high school kid who's, who got these powers, learned a lesson at a tremendous cost about power and responsibility, who had this amazing supporting cast, frankly, Spider-Man has the best supporting cast in all of comics, mm-hmm. bar none. Um, and I do not say that lightly because there are a lot of supporting cast I really like. <laughs> right. Um, but you cannot top Spidey's. And a great, you know, 
phenomenal rogues gallery of villains. Mm-hmm. Um, second only probably to Batman's. And um, and this great everyman hero at the center of it. And I said, you know, that's Spider-Man's archetype. He's the everyman. Um, he's what you and I would be if we became we got those powers and decided to be a hero, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. the freedom of being able to swing around. It's the attitude of not having to take shit from anybody, even though I take shit in my normal... Am I allowed to curse on your podcast? Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> okay. Because if not, I've already sort of bored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Swear jar. Um, oh, my God. I kept the swear jar all these years. I could have put both my kids through college. Um, And, you know, it all sounded good to everyone. So we, so um, they offered me the job. And again, this is December. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, great, when are we starting? They're like, uh, um, I don't remember what day, but it was basically, you know, the first weekday after January 1st. <laughs> yeah. and it was the second or third. You'd have to check the calendar. I don't remember. But I'm like, you know, this is mid to late December, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so I actually had a trip um, with my family and my in-laws to a good ranch in Arizona, of all places. Um <laughs> And I just went to a comic book store and bought all those black and white uh, treasury edition uh, phone book size uh, Spider-Man reprints. Yep. And um, took them all with me and read them. You know, I'd read all these stories before. Mm -hmm. But I sat down and I read them and I really analyzed them. I took a lot of notes. And while I was away, I basically broke the whole first season. Not, (laughs) you know, every detail, but the you know, who the villain was in each episode and what the major yeah. four major arcs of the season were and the and the major arc over the whole season and I had all that when we came back in January. Wow. Um I brought in Dick Cook, who had told me about the gig a year before mm-hmm. to be the supervising director and ultimately the my partner, my producer partner on the show. And uh Kevin Hopps was our staff writer. And um, and Michael Vogel was our executive in charge, and we worked with Marvel, and we worked with Kids WB, and um, and we made a show. Yeah, awesome. Like I said, it, it, once you said that you you know had some Shakespeare influences and everything, I saw it's just such a smart show. It, you know, a lot of action, a lot of heart. Could tell, you know. That, people involved really loved and understood Spider-Man and just when it went away, I was just devastated. I was just devastated, especially when they replaced it with, I don't want to knock anybody, but they replaced it with ultimate Spider-Man, which is uh, geared like a little bit younger and uh, a little bit more campy. Yeah, and just, I mean, a couple of things. I haven't seen ultimate on purpose. I haven't yeah. watched any of it because for me, there's no good news there. The show is, um, awful, then it would just frustrate me. And, um, mm-hmm. and if the show was great, I'd just be jealous. So, you know, yeah. I essentially <laughs> haven't watched any episode, but I know a lot of amazing people who worked on it. I'm sure the show yeah. is great. But the main thing is, is what you said is categorically not true, hmm. which is the idea that they replaced one show with the other. Oh, right. And that's naive. Mm-hmm. It's like people who say that Teen Titans Go replaced Young Justice. Right. The same thing as saying that. You know, um, fame replaced the, I'm not fame, I believe replaced the Brady Bunch. You know, in other words, yes, Brady Bunch went off the air a few years ago, and now we've got Glee on the air. What does one thing have to do with each other? And no one would think to combine those things because I intentionally chose two shows Mm -hmm. that were decades apart and on different networks. Right. But in essence, it's the same thinking. Teen Titans Go was going to go forward whether or not Young Justice was canceled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ultimate Spider-Man went forward not to replace spectacular, but because they could not make any more spectacular. And that's ah. the thing that people need to understand. Yeah. Yeah. I've never Something understood. happened at, no, toward the end of season two of 
aspect of Spider Man, which is that Marvel got the television animation rights back mm-hmm. on the Spider Man character. Sony had had them, Marvel got them back. Okay. But there was a problem, which is that Marvel now was the only company with the rights to make a Spider-Man cartoon, mm-hmm. but they didn't have the right to make the spectacular Spider-Man cartoon and all the work product we had done for Sony. Okay. Sony owned that. Mm-hmm. So Marvel couldn't make spectacular because they couldn't, because they, they'd be stealing from Sony. Mm-hmm. And okay. Sony couldn't make it because they'd be stealing the character from Marvel. So it became this Catch-22 where for any of the creative decision, this was a contractual thing. Yeah. And it sucks. I'm not pretending it doesn't suck. Hell, I was out of a job. It mm-hmm. killed yeah. me more than anybody. But <laughs> right. And I loved the show and we wanted to do a lot more. But this was a purely corporate contractual legal situation. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with any of the things I see on the internet, all these theories I see about why it was canceled or why Ultimate replaced it. Ultimate didn't replace it. Mm-hmm. Spectacular okay. ended for contractual reasons, and then what were they supposed to do? Not make any more Spider-Man stories <laughs> ever again? Yeah, no, right. I thought I had heard that it had something to do with with uh, something like that, and I was just confused. And I, you know, I used the word "replaced" kind of erroneously, really, and it was just kind of a. But I, I'm glad you cleared that up because I was a little curious about what had really happened to Spectacular Spider-Man. And it was that simple. I'm not saying that's a good news or fun or anything right. like that, but it really was that simple. And so people who want to, you know, load it up with all these, you know, nefarious <laughs> decision-making stuff, it, you know, right. if, if that makes you happy, fine, but it, it's just not true. Right, mm-hmm. right. The corporate conspiracy theories. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the only conspiracy is, and this is pretty understandable, Marvel wants as many rights for their characters that they can get back, that they can get. Oh, sure. sure. Yeah. Which is pretty understandable, and given their track record with the cinematic universe, it's hard to blame them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, given that, when they have the opportunity to get the TV rights back for Spider-Man, their marquee character mm-hmm. of all time, they're not going to say no. Yeah. They're not no, going to sit there and go, well, no, you know, um, because Spectacular is so good, we're going to give up millions of dollars in potential profit just so you can keep making Spectacular, Sony. I mean, they're right. not going to do that. Yeah. Right. And, and on the other hand, if you're Sony, you can't make a show if you don't have the right to make a to use the character. So mm-hmm. it was just that simple. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I want to... <laughs> I want to change a little bit. Matt, you can go back to Spider-Man or Gargoyles if you want to, but I want to ask... Uh, no, it's fine. Go ahead and ask. <laughs> uh, my favorite DC showcase short was yours, the Green Arrow one. Uh, oh, thank you. I, I loved it. I'm, I was never a huge Green Arrow fan, but that actually springboarded me into liking Green Arrow more and more, and then the show came on, and it kind of evolved from there. But I, I I just really enjoyed it. And then and then after that, of course, Young Justice came on, and you had a lot of lot of the same characters it was about the same time roughly but um did were you going to do any more of those shorts i know they don't do those anymore but were you going to be involved in the 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 animated feature side at all um there was a point i wrote a uh batman rachel ghoul uh talia story Mm -hmm. um um you know direct to dvd movie screenplay um and then uh you know, they decided to do their, I don't, I'm not even sure what they call it, um, but now, you know, all their directed DVD movies are in a specific continuity. Right, the New right. 52 continuity, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's dead on New 52, but it's it's certainly influenced by it. Um, sure. And, it's, and they're all in continuity with each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the movie I had written was written pre-New 52, not like it's not criticism you fifty two new fifty two didn't exist yet. Yeah. Um so it didn't quite fit. Um so it just got shelved. Okay. Um and then um I'm you know, I'm available. If you talk to them and <laughs> I'm available, but but no, no one's contacting me. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Gotcha. I I, I kind of want to dive into Young Justice because that's a huge monster to tackle because it's it's really relevant right now with, with Season 2 being available on Netflix and uh, just the huge campaign to get Season 3 at all. Is that... Like I, I don't know how much you can say or how much movement there is on it, I, I, but I'm sure you're a big component to get season three. Do you guys? I thought I saw some recently. You guys had that planned, right? Season three, where where you would go next? Yeah, we know uh, Brandon Vietti and I is my partner on that show. We know exactly. I don't mean every little tiny detail, but yeah. we we know pretty much for the next three seasons at least, and then we have ideas even beyond there. Oh, wow. Um, so, and, yeah. uh, I, I, and I by the way, that's stuff that we came up with when we were developing season one. It isn't like this is, and I don't, I want to be clear, I'm happy to tell you everything I know. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I have, A, no inside information. <laughs> sure. So, yeah. um, uh, and cause I don't even work at Warner Brothers anymore. Right. Um, and B, um, uh, I don't want to fool people into thinking, oh, they're working on it. We're not. Um, yeah. So, like, when people say, oh, they, they've been working on season three. No, we haven't. We <laughs> figured all this stuff out ages ago. You right, know? Um, right. And so I don't want to mislead anybody. I don't want someone coming back and going, you told me that you had season three. In the-. I'm like, no, I never said that. Um, <laughs> I believe if I found gunshine, it's because I am. Uh-huh. Um, there's this thing called the internet and I get yeah. a lot of, <laughs> a lot of shit. Yeah. I mean, a lot. Um, I get a lot of fantastic fans too. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people come at me and say, why did you cancel gun justice? And I'm like, really? Oh, wow. You think I canceled wow. gun justice? You think I put myself out of work? Really? That's what <laughs> you think? Yeah. Easy. Um, and you know, and, all sorts of stuff, you know, where, so I am a little gun shy, but the fact is, is that we did have a general plan for the first five seasons and even ideas beyond that. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so that plan still exists. It's not like we shredded it and burned it and <laughs> right. got hit in the side so that we wouldn't remember any of it. But right. that's not the same as saying, yeah, we've been working on it. We have not been. And there was never anything, um, formal written up. There was certainly no script. I had one guy tweet, not to me, but the tweet got then copied to me, mm-hmm. saying that I don't even know where this person gets this, that Weissman has uh, 26 scripts for season three sitting in a drawer. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, you know, I, I effing wish I had 26 scripts sitting in a drawer. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, your work is done for you. Why <laughs> who wouldn't want that? Um, but you know, it's just it's just not true. Here's what's going on, and it's pretty straightforward. Um, first off, you have to understand why Young Justice was canceled. And again, the decision is incredibly simple. Mm-hmm. Um, our show uh, was a hit. Mm-hmm. But it was a single. It was not a double or a triple or a home run, let alone a grand slam. The ratings were good, but they weren't great. Mm-hmm. And people need to know that. People don't believe that when I tell them that. Yeah. Um, I like Teen Titans Go quite a bit, actually. I think it's funny. I, um, yeah, I enjoy it. But people say, so many more people watched Young Justice can watch Teen Titans go. And I'm like, that's just flat out untrue. Mm-hmm. Teen Titans go is a monster hit in the ratings. Monster. It is at least a home run, if not a grand slam. Mm-hmm. Monster hit. We were never that good in the ratings, not even close. Mm. Now, you can argue about the reasons for it, who the target audience was, when they showed it, how many preemptions we had. You can argue about the whys and wherefores, and that's fine. I don't want to get into that. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't change the ultimate final fact that our ratings were good, but not great. Yeah. What that means is, is that we're not making the money back from Cartoon Network. Keep in mind, I don't work for Cartoon Network. Well, now I don't work for either. But yeah. at the time, when I was making Young Justice, I didn't work for Cartoon Network. 
or for Warner Brothers Animation. Mm-hmm. And they need to be able to pay for the show. Right. So Cartoon Network kicks in a little bit of money because the show is only doing decent ratings for them. Not great, so they're not kicking in a ton. They're just kicking in a little. Not enough money to make the show. Keep in mind, these shows cost something like $400,000 to $500,000 an episode. Wow. So with that in mind, you're getting a tiny bit of money from Cartoon Network, which makes sense because the ratings are only okay, not fantastic. Mm -hmm. So where's the rest of the money coming from? And the answer to that is Mattel. Oh, okay. It's coming from the toys. Right. So the toy line fails. And again, we could talk about why it's failed and all sorts of reasons for that, but it doesn't change this basic fact. The toy line fails. The toy company stops giving money for the show. There's no way to pay for the show. Mm -hmm. The show ends after season two. No conspiracies, <laughs> all this baloney about too many girls were watching that. None of that's true. Mm-hmm. It's a strict monetary equation. And I yeah. know no one likes that answer because they want it to be an answer where they have someone to blame. Right. right. You know, they want to be able to blame some grand philosophical issue, you know, or art versus whatever, you know, commerce or whatever, but it's, these are companies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They got to make money. And if there's no money to pay for the show, then there's no show. Yeah. yeah. That's A. You have to understand that to understand where we are now. Mm-hmm. And where we are now is very straightforward. In the years since cancellation, there have been at least four major petitions that I know of all great, all very gratifying, all these fans who want the show back, and the hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands, it's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. None of that means anything from a money standpoint. Keep in mind that on our worst day, you know, we had a million viewers. Mm. So a few hundred thousand is good, don't get me wrong, but that doesn't help the company say we should come back to this. Right. Because if we had a million viewers and they didn't have enough money to make the show, how is it just a few hundred thousand going to help? Right. Right. So petitions are nice. Trending on Twitter is nice. It's all nice. But none of that actually helps. Yeah. Right. I wish it did. (laughs) Yeah. But it doesn't. People write me and go, why don't you Kickstarter it? And I'm like, I don't own it. <laughs> yeah, right. property I don't own. And by the way, we would never raise enough money. I've been through a Kickstarter now. We would never raise enough money to make an entire season of Young Justice. We're yeah. talking about someone in the range of $13 million wow. to make a 26-episode season of Young Justice. We could never Kickstart it out now on money. No, not even close. How do you get it back? And the answer, I guess I should start by saying there are no guarantees that we can (laughs) or that we will. But then something happened on February 1st that opened a window from my point of view. Mm -hmm. Netflix had been airing season one of Young Justice, but not season two in the United States. I don't know why. Again, I don't work for Netflix. I don't even work for Warner Brothers anymore. Right. But for whatever reason, Netflix had only aired season one up to that time. On February 1st, they started airing season two for the first time. So now both seasons are on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And some things just sort of, you know, a little light bulb goes off over my head. Not even a big light bulb, just a little one. And I realized there's an opportunity here. So I started it. I tweeted, A, that this was this had just happened. Season one and season two are now both on Netflix. And what I said on my first, very first tweet about this is, if you want season three, the best strategy for getting it is to do one of three things. The most important one 
is to binge watch seasons one and two over and over and over again yeah, on right. Netflix. Mm-hmm. Point out, not just to Netflix, but to Warner Brothers, that there is an audience out there that's willing to spend money, that's willing to use up their time on their Netflix subscriptions to watch Young Justice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Get Young Justice trending on Netflix. Right. Two, okay. go out and buy the Blu-rays and, and or the DVDs of season one and season two of Young Justice, but buy them firsthand. Don't go to a second-hand store and get a used copy, because mm-hmm. Warner Brothers is nice and all, but Warner Brothers <laughs> will never know that you spent that money on a used copy. Yeah. You have to go to some place where you're spending the money, and that money literally will show up to change in the accounts of Warner Brothers. You know, you go to Best Buy, you buy the, the disc, you go to Amazon, you buy the disc, and a few pennies every time you buy goes to Warner Brothers. Ching. Yeah. Suddenly Warner Brothers is paying attention. You didn't watch on uh, Netflix. Not only is Warner Brothers paying attention, but Netflix is paying attention. And we all know that Netflix sometimes takes canceled shows mm-hmm. like Full House, <laughs> like Arrested Development, uh, Longmire, you know, like all sorts of things, yeah. and gives them another season or two. So it's a possibility. Now, this isn't me talking to Netflix and making it some kind of backdoor deal with them. None of that happened. Right. This right. is just logic. Yeah, yeah. You're just trying to get, um, get the light out there. Right. The third thing that they can do to help is to go buy our companion comic books, because we wrote, uh, I wrote, uh, and Christopher Jones uh, drew uh, 26 issues of a companion Young Justice comic book, which is in continuity with the series, has the same time stamps that the series has, so you can even figure out exactly where the issues fall vis-a-vis the episodes. Mm-hmm. And you can go out and buy those issues or those trades on Comixology. And the reason it's important to buy them on Comixology as e-comics is because, again, if you bought those as comic books, hard copy, which I, you know, I'm old, so <laughs> right. I love having the hard copies myself. But the fact is, is that those are all out of print. Oh. So if you buy those, you're buying them secondhand. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to screw with comic book shops. I love comic book shops. And if you want those issues hard, go get them by all means. I'm not saying don't get them. Yeah. I'm saying also buy them on Comicsology because every time you buy those books on Comixology, Cha-Ching DC Comics gets a little bit of money. Right. And of course, DC owns the characters. They don't own the show. That's Warner Brothers. But they own the characters. Mm -hmm. And DC and Warner Brothers are both divisions of Time Warner. Yeah. So it's all in the family there. Those are the three things to do. Most important, binge watch on Netflix over and over and over again. (laughs) Hell, you can turn it on and leave the room. I don't care if you're actually watching it. <laughs> right. right. Cool. Record those views, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Two, buy the DVDs of Blu-rays, mm-hmm. both. And three, buy the e-comics on Comixology. And those are real pragmatic strategies to get the attention of DC, Warner Brothers, and Netflix and create a real potential for them to want to do a season three because they can now look at it and say, Hey, this could be financially viable for us. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, yeah. again, I post this and then Brandon retweets a couple things. Cardi Payton, who plays Aqualad, retweets a couple things. And pretty soon I'm getting tweets back saying, this must already be in the works so they wouldn't be tweeting about it. Yeah. I'm like, no, dude, it was already in the works. I wouldn't need to tweet about it at all. Right. We wouldn't need a campaign or a hashtag, yeah. I don't need a campaign to make this happen if it was already happening. Yeah. The campaign exists because this is an opportunity. I can't make promises. People write and say, so do you think this is going to happen? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. But I honestly feel, and I mean it sincerely, this feels like the best shot we've had since the show went off the air. And I do think it's real. I don't think it's a pipe dream. Okay. Mm-hmm. You sign a petition 
And again, that's nice, but it's kind of a pipe dream. Right, right. You do this, this is real. This, this... has a real effect yeah. on these companies. It matters. It's a way to do it. A guy wrote me, and I'm sure he meant, well, he's like, we've got to get this trending on Twitter. Oh. I'm like, dude, Twitter's nice. <laughs> but that's not the point. Yeah. The point is to get a trending on Netflix. And he writes back to me and says, either one's fine. It doesn't matter. And I'm like, <laughs> Yes, it does matter. Right, right. You're not <laughs> it helping. Matters a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is no. nice. I'm not knocking it. But what matters is this Netflix, you know? Yeah. And he wrote yeah. back to me, you just don't understand. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, all right, fine. But the fact is, is that I think this is real. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's happening. I don't know any of that. I, right. We've gotten posts from Netflix um, customer service reps saying that there are talks going on. I don't know if that's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope it is. But the truth is, you know, those customer service reps, these are not decision makers. Yeah. You know, the people answering those questions, they're, you know, probably guys and gals in their early 20s in their first job, you know? Um, yeah. They're not the people who actually make the decisions. So is it true? I have no idea. Are they just saying what they think the fans want to say? You know, I hope not. I hope it is real. But, you know, people ask me to confirm it. I, I can't confirm anything. I don't know. But I do think it's a good sign. Yeah. Hmm. And what is true, what I do believe is true, is that every time a customer service rep hears from a fan that they want season three, they pass that message up because that's their job. Mm-hmm. They don't get to evaluate whether it's a good idea or not. They just pass the message up the ladder. And if you get enough of those messages passed up the ladder, that's got to have an effect. Yeah. Now, one message passed up the ladder probably has zero effect. Ten probably has zero effect, but a hundred? Two hundred? A thousand? We've got 400,000 fans signing petitions. That can make a huge difference. Yeah. But what really makes a difference even more than the customer service is the binge watching. Yeah, a little more. So the hashtag that I advocate on Twitter is the keep binging wide day hashtag because that's a call to arms. Right. That's something they can do. There's another hashtag going around, Renew Young Justice, which is a perfectly lovely hashtag. Don't want to say like I dislike it. But Again, it's a difference between a pragmatic thing and something that's nice. If the fan hashtags renew young justice, they're just talking to the other fans. Mm-hmm. It's got no effect on the corporate powers of be. But if they hashtag keep binging YJ and then people do that, that does have an effect on the powers that be. Right. It's much so more that's tangible. That's the hashtag I empathize Keep binging YJ. If you've got room in your tweet to put both hashtags in, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you've only got room in your tweet for one, with you know 140 characters, and you've only got room for one hashtag, please use the keep binging YJ hashtag. Renew Young Justice is nice and all, but that doesn't get the job done the way keep binging YJ does. Mm-hmm. Nice. Awesome. Uh, anyway, that's my tirade. No, that, that's <laughs> perfect. They need to know that. That's all right. I, yeah, I, that's, they need to get that out there. The, the more tangible way to support the show is those three points that you laid out perfectly. Uh, we're we're kind of out of time. I know you you got to get going and you're not feeling the greatest. I did want to kind of touch on Star Wars Kanan a little bit. Um, if you have a, a few more minutes. Yeah, sure. Okay, uh, I, I'm I'm enjoying the comic book immensely. I, I like the show a lot, but you're no longer with the with the show, is that right? Uh, yeah, I did. I was uh, one of the producers on the first season, but I left after the end of the season. Right, right. Uh, but but the comic book, I, I like getting de- digging deeper into that character. I, I liked them right from the start on the cartoon, and then these comic book companion series has been great so far. Um, is how much did you have with developing that character to begin with? Uh, just, just, as, just on its own, or did you create him? No, I didn't. Um, the show was created by the time I came aboard by, okay. uh, excuse me, by Dave Filoni, uh, Simon Kinberg and Carrie back. Okay. And Kanan, in fact, all six members of, uh, 
or the Rebels crew already existed, and the Inquisitor. Those seven characters all existed before I came aboard. Okay. Um, but I did help develop the character. I mean, for example, all those characters that I just mentioned, none of them had last names. Oh. Of course, in the Star Wars universe, most characters do have last names. So <laughs> right. I, you know, we all together came up with last names for these characters. I pretty sure I came up with Kanan's last name. I can't be 100% sure. <laughs> but I do think I did. And one of the things that I did do, not by myself, but the thing that I feel I really brought to the party is I said, look, we need to know details of these characters' backstories. Like, we all knew that Kanan was an ex-Jedi. Mm-hmm. But that was all we knew. I said, we need to know their stories. For Hera, for Zeb, for uh, Kanan, for uh, Sabine, for Ezra, we need to know what their backstories are because our writers are going to need to know. Yeah. Um, and our actors are going to need to know. So we need to know these backstories. So we sat down, um, again, team effort, and came up with backstories for all these characters, which was fantastic and allowed us to tell the writers the backstories, allowed us to tell the actors the backstory. It's great. Mm-hmm. Then suddenly we sat there and realized, oh, crap, we can't actually use them. Because the nature of the show was that we would get, it's not 100% true, but we would get Ezra's backstory mm-hmm. since he was sort of our focus, our point of view character. Right. But most of them, you know, we're not going to stop and do a 22-minute flashback episode. Yeah. It's not Star Wars. Um, the story would have to be told somewhere else. So after I left, after season one was over and I left Rebels, I got a call a few months later um, saying, hey, we want to do a Star Wars Canaan uh, um, miniseries for Marvel. Um, would you like to write it? I'm like, yeah, you know, because I'm like, we get to use the backstory. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that became uh, the first five issues, the last uh, Padawan. And then issue one did so well that they're like, let's just keep going. So, we did a transitional issue six, and then um, we did uh, another five part seven through eleven with an epilogue in issue twelve, and um, which comes out in a couple of weeks, I think. Um, and uh, I'd love to keep going, um, but that's not part of the plan right now. Hmm. Um, but okay. you know, I've had a blast. I think. The artist on the book is Pepe Lars with the color art by David Curiel. Pepe and David have done such stellar, gorgeous work on the book. I think I could write a shopping list, and the book would still be fantastic. Canaan <laughs> like goes to buy Milerun Melons. And- <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful book. Uh, I've, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Of kind of all the Star Wars books that have come out in the past like two years, uh, I've liked getting to know Canaan much, much deeper than on just the, just the series. So, okay. Uh, we're going to let you go. Uh, cause we know you're not feeling well and we, I don't know what else to cover. Cause you've said a lot tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. uh, thank you so very much for coming on and talking about Thanks. all the, yeah, all these I, things. I, much. If I can be a bit of a jerk. Now you've been uh, great. I do want to pimp one last thing. Absolutely. Uh, I also am doing another comic for Marvel called star brand and nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. If you like spectacular Spider-Man young justice, it's about a couple of young heroes who are in their freshman year in college and are juggling big, big cosmic entities and, and trouble with trying to figure out how to be college freshmen. And, um, so if you like my work on some of those other series, I really do think you'll like Star Brand and Night Mask. Definitely. Uh, I'm doing a book with Elmo Staten, uh, and uh, I I think it's you know very proud of the book, and I think it's a lot of fun, and so I hope some of your listeners will check it out. Okay, and then when is that? Is there a release date for that, or is is that out already? Uh, the first three issues are out. Three, okay. Uh, um, one, two, and three are all out. Uh, issue four should be out in I won't say three weeks or something. I don't have the date in front of me, but shortly. Okay. The, the point is, is that I mean, I know three's on the stamps right now, um, okay. and uh, you know, you can always again on uh, Marvel's uh, app or on Comicsology get one and two or iTunes or whatever, you know. Um, yeah. And you probably you could probably still go into a store and get one, two, and. 
spring now. Sure. Um, awesome. But they're out there and available. And like I said, four should be out in less than a month. Okay. Sweet. And I'm just finishing up the script for six now. So. Oh, all right. Star brand and night mask. Sounds good. I'm going to pick it up. All right. Uh, I'm glad we could get that in there. And then you're, you're also writing the third book in your, in that series, right? Uh, yeah, the third book in the Reign of the Ghosts series. The first yeah. two books are Reign of the Ghosts, the Spirits of Ash and Foam. The third book is um, Mask of Bones. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I am researching that third book now. So I haven't actually started writing, but I'm gathering all my research materials together. Very cool. cool. Very cool. All right, Greg, uh, again, thank you so much for all your time. We'll yeah, have links very much. Links to everything uh, that they can find for you in our, in our show notes. And uh, thank you so much for coming on, even though you're not feeling the greatest. Uh, I appreciate it. I love setting the record straight too. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Greg. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. Take it easy. Take care. And that's our interview with Greg Weissman. Awesome. He is a passionate man. (laughs) He is. That was good stuff though. Yeah. That was fun talking to him. Yeah. I'm glad he got into it. Yeah, we've been trying to get that interview for a while, but our schedule, our schedule, not his, he was very accommodating. Our schedule was just too hectic. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that we're important or anything, because we're not. No, <laughs> we're just trying to make a living, and that yeah, takes time. <laughs> real life stuff got in the way, and uh, we're glad we had him on. It was a little shorter because he was feeling a little sick. Uh, so maybe we can get it back on again when hopefully when Young Justice returns or to to hype up the third book in that series. Uh, who knows? Hopefully we'll stay in touch and uh, we can get him on the show again. I'd like to talk to him more about the, the four issue miniseries of black Canary that he wrote that got shelved. Yeah. I'd like to ask him some questions about that and we could dig a little deeper into gargoyles. Cause I'm sure yeah, we didn't hit on that like at all. <laughs> no, no. We talked a lot about spectacular Spider-Man, which was an yeah. interesting thing, but that was cool. That was good to hear how the business works Yep, as a writer. So that's our interview with Greg Weissman. Uh, you can find his novels, again, Reign of the Ghosts and Spirits of Ash and Foam on Amazon. The links will be in the show notes for this podcast episode. And, uh, you know, hashtag binge watch y or YJ. I almost said Y2J, which is a wrestler, but... Uh, yeah, that's Chris Jericho. Something keep, different. Keep, keep binging YJ. That's it. Keep binging mm-hmm. YJ. And, uh, and, yeah, I... He's right. That's the best way to do it. That's the most tangible way to get the networks to notice mm-hmm. uh, or the creators to notice and then go back and, you know, buy buy the trades or the digitals of those those comics, the 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 We Young Justice tie-in books. Yep. Um, you know, do that. That's how you support the show. I you know, Matt hasn't seen most of it yet. I think he will. Um, no, yeah, I'm definitely going to see it. I, I just haven't <clears throat> sat down and done it yet. A fan of animation that he is, I think he'll enjoy it quite a bit. I'm sure I will. I yeah. did, and I am going to binge it right from beginning to end more than once. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched – there's an episode of, of it with Young Flash. <coughs> it's it's uh, Kid Flash's birthday mm-hmm. and it's really – it's beautiful. I, I love – I watch it over and over again. But there's so many episodes that are just fantastic and – can't wait. I love the relationships they build with these characters. I'm not a big, I was never a big fan of, uh, I didn't even know there was a Miss Martian, but hmm. uh, she was a great character. And I even liked S- Superboy because of it. And I don't really like any of the Superman characters. So wow. really enjoyed Young Justice uh, from, bring from, it on. from the pilot. I, I enjoyed it. So, all right, bring it on. Um, okay. So yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's sort of you, Greg Weissman again. Thanks so much to Greg Weissman. And, uh, yes. Check out the show notes for all his great stuff, uh, links to get his new comic book, to two books that he's already put out there, and then, of course, the the hashtag, keep binging uh, YJ. Binging YJ, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, to wrap up tonight's episode, we would like to bring in a special guest from uh, from Matt's Neck of the Woods. He knows a lot about Audible for some reason. He doesn't sound like he would, but he does. I know it's crazy, ain't it? But way even up in my back neck of the woods, I get a little bit of internet and I can download stuff from audible.com. And the way I did that the first time is I went to audibletrial.com slash atomic geekdom. And when I went there, I got a free 30 day trial. And what that trial gets you is it gets you access to all of Audible's books. They've got hundreds of thousands of titles. It's unbelievable how many books they got on there. Any book you can imagine, real crime, romance, any of that stuff. The only kind they ain't got is any of that smut there because you don't want to be reading any of that, especially if you're at 
at work and you're listening or maybe you're in the car and you turn it on and the kids get in, boy, that'd be awful bad, wouldn't it? And you, when you're there, you also get, with that trial, you get a free download of an audiobook and plus the membership gets you discounts on audiobooks because you wouldn't think so, but audiobooks cost just about as much as a regular book. And if you're a member, then you get the audiobook discount, which is always nice because if you want to get more than one in a month, you don't want to be spending too much. And the other bonus is that it supports Atomic Geekdom. Running a website actually does cost a little bit of money and Audible kicks a little bit of money our way if you go to audibletrial.com slash Atomic Geekdom right now. Thank you. Uh, does, <laughs> does, does that guy have a name? <laughs> He's never told me. He's, uh, he just kind of come in. Fl- he just kind of floats in and talks about it and <laughs> it, he overheard me in the coffee shop one day. <laughs> It's nice of you to let him into the Two Broke Geeks office or studio. and <laughs> Yeah, he only comes in when my wife's not around because she, you know. Probably frightens her. Probably. Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> uh, as the man mentioned, to help us to keep the website going and to keep providing you awesome content and hopefully more better content, better quality microphones. More better. There you go. More better, yeah. <laughs> Yes, better quality microphones, headphones, this kind of thing to make our voices less annoying to you. You can click on the Entertainment Earth banner on top of the AtomicEkingdom.com website. There you'll see a banner showing Flash, Black Canary, and Green Arrow action figures, which I think all look, all of those look great. I can't click on that banner right now. I'm too poor. Stop. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else go, but this is making me sad. (laughs) Uh, Click on that. Buy stuff. That kicks back just like Audible does to us. Doesn't cost you anything extra, and you get some fine quality merchandise as well. Uh, Another fantastic sponsor of ours is Neptune Comics, and they just tweeted out that they got the first appearance of uh, Deadpool. Uh, and they they want quite a lot of money for it, and I cannot I, I cannot give them that money. <laughs> I so very much want to give them that money for that book, but I cannot <clears throat> afford it. Um, so I'm resisting that urge. And they also have the very cool Black Canary Green Arrow statue where they're kind of hugging. Nice. Uh, it's 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 a gorgeous statue, and I want that right here for the Atomic Geekdom desk, right there. Um, but it's not going to happen. But you can go to Neptune Comics, uh, Nep- NeptuneComics.com, excuse me, and buy all kinds of stuff. They'll ship it right to your door. Uh, if you live in this area, which is the Waukesha, Wisconsin area, uh, they actually deliver comics to your door. It's amazing. Wow. So you get your pull list. They'll bring it right to you if you live in the city there. Not many of us do, but some of us do. One of our listeners actually does, and I've met him at the Star Wars Force Awakens opening. That's awesome. It's pretty awesome. He's got his own podcast as well, which uh, I need to look up right now because I'd like to get give him some credit uh, <laughs> for credits due. And That's my, very important. My brain is not working. I've listened to the podcast. Uh, American Cinephiles is the name there of this podcast. There you go. We all have those days. Don't feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah I'm focusing too much on the next podcast I'm about to record. Right. Uh, so, all right. That's our show this week. Find us on Twitter at Atomic Geekdom. Matt, you are at Two BG Pod on Twitter, and, and you we're guys... also on Facebook. We don't have like a ton of Facebook followers, but you can follow us there if you want. There you go. You guys just released an episode, and uh, I think it was you again. Uh... That's, yeah, the newest one that I put up today, which is the what is today the seventh, eighth uh, of March, is just me all by myself talking about Sherlock. But the, it's this crazy thing I like to do. The episode <laughs> nobody was waiting for. Yeah, it's still fun to listen to. Um, <laughs> and, and the good news is, for all you Two Broke Geek fans, which I am one of them, uh, Justin is getting some upgrades to his internet, so... Yeah, we're going to have more episodes coming out. Good good stuff. We're, we're, we're happy to hear that. Yeah. Uh, again, Twitter, at Atomic Geekdom. We are on Instagram. You're going to want to start following us on Instagram very, very quickly because... Jenny will be reporting from Paley Fest uh, in the next two weeks to uh, walk the red carpet oh. with uh, Fear the Walking Dead and Better Call oh. Saul. So Fancy. If you have questions that you want us to ask the cast or the creators, tweet us up at Atomic Geekdom. Email us, info at AtomicGeekdom.com. Facebook us, all of that good stuff. Let us know what you want us to ask them. And Jenny will do her best to not be a geek out, uh, you know, Fan mm-hmm. fangirling out all over these people uh, and get the questions. She's going to get the pictures. Uh, she'll do it. She's a pro. Yeah. Or she'll get her boyfriend to do it. And he's a pro too. So, yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we got that coming up. Uh, I will be at C2E2 in two weeks and I'll be covering that with a lot of Instagram photos as well. 
Uh, so you're going to follow us there and on Twitter. And uh, yeah, so that's what's coming up. That's, that's our a sh- lot. Yeah, we got a lot going on right now, uh, including this week. Two regular shows this week. No Geek Out because we wanted to fit this one in for all you Young Justice fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hashtag keep binging YJ. Jenny's not here, Matt, so you get the final word. And the last word is... Spaghetti. Spaghetti.